You have just downloaded the Barbecue Central show, which airs live every Tuesday from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central show is brought to you by Sucklebusters. You can find them at sucklebusters.com. Also by the Barbecue Guru, creators of automatic pit temperature control technology. They can be found at the BBQ guru.com or call them 800-288-GURU and by the CHOPS Power Injector System the 2015 Barbecue Tool of the Year at the NBBQA find them at barbecuekansascity.com and by Butcher Barbecue from injections to rubs to sauces always trust your butcher at butcherbbq.com and by Big Papa Smokers, your one-stop online shop for everything and anything that has to do with barbecue. Their website is BigPapaSmokers.com. And by Cook Shack Pellet and Electric Grills. Visit them at PelletCooker.com or CookShack.com or call them 800-423-0698. And by the Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour. 31 cities, 500000 in cash to be won. Find out more at kcbs.us slash samstour. And by Cookin' Pellets, you can buy Cookin' Pellets at cookinpellets.com. You can also visit amazon.com to purchase as well. And by Green Mountain Grills, some of the best pellet grills on the market today. You can visit them at greenmountaingrills.com. And by iGrill. The Bluetooth grilling thermometer that allows you to monitor temperatures from 150 feet away. Use promo code CENTRAL for 15% off your purchase at iDevicesInc.com. This is Chris Payne from Euclid, Ohio, and you are listening to Barbecue Central. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Good evening and welcome to the really big Barbecue Central show. This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. Broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday. You want to jump in on it tonight? More than happy. Phone number 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Everything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, the BBQ Central Show.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter, which seems to be getting better over the last few weeks. I think we are inevitably having some issues still with the newsletter getting jaunted off into spam boxes across the nation, specifically Gmail boxes. So if you use Gmail, check your spam box if you have been signed up for the newsletter for a while and it has stopped showing up all of a sudden. 
However, get there if you haven't signed up for it. Otherwise, thebbqcentralshow.com. At the top, it says newsletter. Put in an email address, and you're off and running. Coming up in about 13 minutes from now, we continue on with the pit builder slash pit maker talk with the creator, owner, and otherwise purveyor of one of the most popular brands of pits out there today and over the last handful of years, George Shore from Pit Maker will be joining us on the show to talk about his brand of pit. 9.35, and it was a scramble overnight. We had two people back out, wanted to do a lot of Sam's Club stuff. That didn't work out too well for me, or you for that matter. Nonetheless, we persevered on, and at 9.35, we will be joined once again by Steve Gramps. MediumWellDoneProductions.com. I'm not running late, Dave. I never run late. I never run late. Now, maybe Chad ran over, causing me to be late. But I am never late. I'm always punched up on rock and ready to go. I digress. Steve Grahams will be coming medium medium well-made-productions.com is his website. We're going to be talking a little bit about one of the biggest barbecue competitions that will be going on not only this coming weekend, but uh, during the course of a calendar year down in Texas, San Antonio Barbecue Cook-Off going to be taking place this coming weekend. So uh, Steve is going to be having quite a little party tomorrow night in advance of the actual contest itself. So we'll talk to him about the cook-off and things that he might be looking for, things that he's going to be looking to accomplish at his own party tomorrow. He's got some great pit masters, going to be doing some type of a panel discussion out there. So very excited to get caught up with Steve Grahams out there in the Texas area. And then we'll move into the second hour. And at 10.14, we revive... What is the newest segment of the show? The monthly barbecue panel. Where a select panel of guests will weigh in on topics that not only they bring, but uh, so basically, here's what it is. If you didn't tune in last week, (coughs) if you didn't tune in last month for it, the concept is this. Once a month, fourth Tuesday of the month, September is one that will actually have five Tuesdays, so that's good. Happens a couple times a year, as you know. But the fourth Tuesday of a month, I will convene a panel of barbecue people. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to be a competitor. You don't have to be a, oh, hold on uh, one second, please. And we're back. You don't have to be a a huge backyard guy. I mean, as long as you are interested in the industry of barbecue and grilling in whatever facet that floats your boat, you have the opportunity to uh, reply back to me when I offer it out there looking for three. Because I'm always going to look for three panel members. Now, there might be a time when... Somebody has availed themselves month after month after month of being a tremendously awesome guest, and they have the great takes and all of this stuff where they maybe 
they've cemented a permanent position into the monthly barbecue panel. But, you know, it's touch and go. We'll see how things unfold here. But you have three guests. You have me. Everybody brings a separate barbecue topic to the table. You have time to get your topic out and then give your thoughts about it. For instance, last month, I talked about the delineating line between what should be called barbecue and what shouldn't. And for me, it was people that were making pulled pork and ribs and brisket and crock pots. No matter how much barbecue sauce you put over it, no matter how low and slow in the crock pot you're making it, we're not classifying that as barbecue. And quite simply, I've had it. We're not going to do it anymore. So you didn't make it in a crock pot. You didn't make barbecue in a crock pot. That's what I'm saying. That was my take last month. And everybody else weighed in on it. And so the same thing around the panel. You give your take, and then everybody else has a chance to go around and react to the topic that you bring. And I thought last month it was exceptionally well-received, so much so that we were going to be putting it out there again next month, which happens to be now this month. And we have three panel members coming in. They may or may not be people you've ever heard of before. Josh Pruitt, Todd Spickler, and Jack Weybor, myself included. And we have topics that we're going to be bringing. So stay tuned for that at 1014. And then we have the ever-convoluted 1035 open segment. So I have some things to recap on, things I'd like to get you up to speed on as it relates to the show, as it relates to current events in the barbecue world and the grilling world, things of this nature. If you've always wanted to get on the show, you're not going to be on the panel member. You're not going to be a panel member tonight. But you have something that has either irritated you or has sparked some type of fire within you, pun intended, to where so much of that you want to get on the get on the blower and get up, go live on the show and tell everybody about your take. Would love to have it. 1035 segment is the place for you this month. Try to allot at least one open segment a month so we can all share in the openness of the forum, if you will. So that's what's happening tonight. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. First and foremost, let everybody know the show's on. It's live. We're doing it live right here as we do every Tuesday. If you know they only have audio access, whether it be on the smartphones or the computers or whatever, send them the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. Once they reach the homepage, you will see, hold on, you will see this large button right here. It says on the air. Tell them to click that. And if they click it, they will be redirected to the TuneIn Radio app or the TuneIn Radio website that uh, carries my live stream. So they're off and running to do it that way. You can also download the TuneIn Radio app on your smart devices, whichever platform that you use. That's great. Always encouraging people to do that early and often, as it were. All right. Now I got to pull this whole damn window back over here. Um, if you have video, outdoorcookingchannel.com. Slash watch dash now that gets you right to the live video feed. Longtime syndication video or video syndication partner of the show. You can also, if you have a Roku or similar internet protocol television device, go to that particular app store for whatever one you bought 
and search for OutdoorCookingChannel.com. If it's there, download it immediately, if not sooner. And you can take in the show live right from a Lazy Boy chair or your couch or your bedroom or whatever. It's great. Don't forget now, you can subscribe to iTunes for replays here on the Audible side. That's the way most people do it. So pretty much there's never any reason why you should be missing anything on this show ever. Not, not never, ever. Pitmaker George Shore coming up out of the break. Let me talk to you quickly about Big Papa Smokers. It's the one-stop online shop for anyone interested in barbecue. The number one dealer of Mac Pellet Grills in the world. Big Papa Smokers features a wide selection of American-made grills and smokers, such as the Old Hickory Ace BP, Gateway Drum Smokers, even a drum kit that gives you everything you need to make a world-class smoker out of a 55-gallon drum. Big Papa Smokers also made a name for itself in recent years by crafting an award-winning line of championship rubs from flavors like Sweet Money to Happy Ending. Their rubs have had a hand in winning almost every major barbecue competition, including the 12 and 13 American Royal, the 12 and 14 Jack Daniels Invitational, the 13 Kingsford Challenge, the 14 Houston Livestock and Rodeo, and the 14 King the Smoker. Don't think the BPS can just be pigeonholed in a competitive barbecue either. No, no, no. BPS rubs have become so well-known they've been picked up by a nationwide restaurant chain called BJ's Restaurant and Brewhouse. With four of the nine rubs on their permanent menu, amid glowing reviews, BPS rubs are proven to be a great addition to anyone's pantry. Just look at mine. I got them all. Big Papa has also banded together with fellow California-based rub company, Simply Marvelous Barbecue, to form what has now become known as the West Coast Offense. Defying conventional wisdom, these two California-based rub makers have cornered the market on competitive barbecue, begun to redefine those flavor profiles that competitive cooks from across the country have begun to aim for. Big Papa's website also features an online meat locker with top-quality meats from Snake River Farms. They're shipped right to your front door. From American Kobe beef to caribou to pork, double R ranch meats, Big Papa's Meat Locker has something for every type of barbecue aficionado. And they're committed to bringing you the best barbecue flavors on the market and the newest. For instance, Swamp Boy Sauce, a fine swine sauce, Granny's Barbecue Sauce. These are the hot new ones on the market today, this season. Big Papa's also created a unique brand ambassador program called the BPS Elite Team, featuring 15 of the best competition teams in the country working together to promote camaraderie, competition barbecue, and most importantly, to benefit children's charities across the U.S. Keep in mind, folks, that Big Papa Smokers has been able to do all of this with only five years of being in the biz, turning the competition barbecue world on its head, providing customers with the very best barbecue products out there on the market, becoming a staple of a nationwide restaurant chain, benefiting children's charities across the U.S. It's just the beginning for Big Papa Smokers on the website if you care to dig it out. BigPapaSmokers.com, that's big papasmokers.com we're back with george shore of pitmaker right after this stick around we'll be right back Live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. 
Welcome back, folks. This portion of the Barbecue Central Show is brought to you by the Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour. Rapidly coming to an end, I might add. 31 cities, half a million cash to be won. Next stop this Saturday, September 26th. September 26th! Where's the year gone? Midwest City, Oklahoma. It's another regional final event. That'll send top 10 teams to the Bentonville, Arkansas final on October 10th, just a handful of weeks away. Find out more about Sam's Club Barbecue Series or to check the results, you can visit kcbs.us slash Sam's Tour. All right, the quest of talking to the pit makers across the land continues in this segment. Uh, one of my favorite guys to talk to when it comes to pit building and barbecue in general, George Shore from Pitmaker joining me here on the show. George, how are you, buddy? Great. Glad to be back, Greg. Yeah, always, uh, always a pleasure to have you there, George. And... Uh, you know, first and foremost, I guess, before we get into the, the pit maker stuff and the guts of the cookers and so forth, uh, maybe a little background about yourself, uh, how you got into the pit making business, and I guess more importantly, uh, at the culmination of that, when you decided to get into the pit making business for real. Well, uh, I met my awesome partners at a former company. Most of y'all know who it is. Um, and uh, we had... As we left the company, you know, on bad terms, a lot, of, a lot of bad blood happened. We had a envision for creating um, and and building what we thought were better pits out there. You know, we took a little applied material science, a little applied engineering, and uh, turned turned into thought. You know, knew we could make something better, and that's what we did. Seven years ago now, a little over seven years. You know, my partners Victor Howard and Julio Howard. So I, I got to ask because maybe I don't know and. If you don't want to tell me, you don't have to. Who did you leave on such bad terms? Uh, it was Spitz and Spitz. Really? And actually, that company has changed hands about four times now. Uh, re- just recently, um, they changed hands in last April, and now we don't know anybody over there anymore. Wow. So no more blood blood. <laughs> yeah, and, and what obviously was a great decision on your guys' part to uh, get your own thing going. Exactly. It was, you know, it was hard, you know, when it happened, but it turned out it was the best thing for us. You know, we it really forced us to think outside the box and, and to get out there and, and uh, showcase what we could do as uh, barbecue engineers, what we like to call ourselves. So you're with pits and spits, you go out on your own. Now you're pit maker. You know, the one thing that I, but especially the guys that are building the offset pits, whether they're reverse flow, whether they're traditional flow, what have you, and you build a couple different miles, you're vault guys and, and you're also offsets. But when it comes to the offset stuff, Especially down in the Texas area, I mean, I could list a small handful of some of the most dominant offset players in the game out there and been doing it not only for years, but tens and twenties of years. So long time put in by those guys. It seems like that would be a market that would be not saturated per se, but difficult to get a foothold in and, and get that following going. So how were you able to kind of differentiate yourselves? I mean, you're talking about being these uh, pit building engineers. How do you how do you set yourself apart in a market like that? Well, you know, um, it starts with customer service and it starts with attention to detail. We really, you know, as, as as pure metal fabricators, you know, seven seven and a half years ago when we started this company, we were we were like, well, we can do a lot of things in metal. We don't necessarily have to do pits. You know, we we really searched out and sought um, ways to differentiate ourselves w- with build quality. With incorporating uh, solid stainless steel parts, which are you know a lot more durable, with incorporating um, theories and these ideas that we had about about building a, a better mousetrap, a better smoker, so to speak. 
George Shore joining me here on the show. So what was the first one that rolled off the line for you guys? We actually simultaneously designed the barbecue vault, our vertical insulated reverse flow smoker. Um, at the same time, we were building our offset, which is the sniper. We actually designed and prototyped both of those pits. You know, I remember it very clearly. Um, we we had we had drawings on the board and sketches, and uh, we had this shop with a, with a, a welding machine, used welding machine we bought off Craigslist. And that actually, what you're showing right now, is one of our, uh, our it's our pipe pit. You know, it's funny funny that you would bring that up. That we had this evolution. Um, that that's the the hitman. That's our our pipe pit, and we have the sniper, which is our formed offset firebox pit. And um, we wanted to get out there and showcase, you know, our fully insulated door design, the way we can seal and gasketed seal, and, and really um, build a better offset firebox smoker. You know, that pit right there, all stainless steel hand handle handles, hinges, damper, smokestack. Um, insulated firebox top, you know, some of the things we really wanted to build, bring to the table and, uh, and showcase what we do. We went with an octagon design um, to get maximum cubic footage out of the, the cooking chamber in relation to the firebox. Little things like that, you know, we, we uh, really sought out there to, to accomplish. Do you spend a lot of time as you're creating the offset stuff to, to really figure out how the draft is working through there because you know one of the things that i hear constantly for the guys that are, are running pits that are getting in new i mean the, the season guys have the whole thing down and, and they've spent the time with the cooker and they know it but it's trying to figure that you know how to get it to draft initially and then how to kind of feed that fire to, to keep it within that temperature range you guys do a lot of r&d on drafting and all that stuff definitely definitely r&d is key you know we um we pay attention to, to, to CFM. We have a thermal camera we utilize and uh, really pay attention to exactly how many pounds of fuel we're building, we're lighting, we're, we're using to, to, to build that draft, the direction of the smokestack. Um, one of the things we think that helps with is the position of our internal smokestack. We have something we call the, the Vortex smokestack system, where in that picture of the sniper you just had up, it looks like the smokestack is just cut into the top of the cooking chamber, right? But actually, it's ducted down into the side of the cooking chamber, and the release point is near the bottom of the cooking chamber. So more than half of that smokestack that we're looking at right there is actually internal. We feel that wow. the cooking chamber heating up that internal portion of the smokestack actually helps with a positive draw because you're heating that smoke. You're, you're, you're making sure that, the, that the, it's not cooling as it exits the, the smokestack chamber, and you're, you're, you're helping, you know, make, making sure that your your draw stays positive, no matter the direction of your damper, wind blowing, etc. Had had you messed around at all with putting the exhaust, like, on the far side or doing a reverse flow model or anything like that? Yeah, for sure. Um, the early snipers actually had the, the smokestack in the, more near the rear of the, the chamber until we, we made the Vortex about five years ago, four and a half years ago. Um, so... We've done reverse flows. We've done all manner of designs and, and uh, R&D on it to, 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 you know, to reach that evolution that you're looking at right there. We actually have a brand new smoker we're, we're talking about, and, and we've built a prototype of that has a great positive smokestack uh, draw, a great draw, a great everything that we're really excited about. We're going to release in the next 30 days or so. 
George Shore joining me here on the show, pitmaker.com. If you uh, want to check out the Grills Hill uh, here while we're talking, because I'm not going to get to cycle through them all here while we're talking. Uh, the other side of things, so some of the guys that I've had on over the last handful of weeks might only do offsets or they might only do vault style or cabinet style cookers, but you do both. Um, so, as, and as you were saying, you were kind of doing them both at the same time as you were getting ramped up. What do you like about the vault style cookers? I mean, you like both, right? Because you make both. But what do you like for vault styles or, or what guy chooses or girl a vault style cooker over an offset style cooker? That is the eternal debate here at Pimaker. That's why you, you know, get both, right? Point. You get both and you're exactly. done. <laughs> you know, we get this number one question we get asked. You know, a new customer shows up or, or looks at our website and they're really, you know, which one do I choose, right? It's it's a it's a huge decision. It's a big investment, you know, and, and uh it boils down to a little bit of, of your cooking style, uh, your geography. You know, we ship a lot of more of our insulated vertical cabinet smokers up north, where it's, it's a colder climate in general for cooking. Um, we have a lot of your purists, you know, here in Texas and, and, and abroad that, that, that your traditionalists as well. You know, some of some people, they're like, okay, I, I grew up in an offset. That's what my granddaddy cooked on. That's what my daddy cooked on. That's what I learned to cook on. That, that's what I want to keep cooking on. And then you have your guys, you know, they want whatever edge they can get in a, from a competitive standpoint, you know. And and, uh, and you have some guys, of course, you know, your vertical insulated cabinet smokers, our vault is fuel, 8 to 12 hours, 250, 275, you're done. And they don't want to mess with tending that fire, throwing fresh fuel, uh, you know. It, you're still going to have to do some of that, but they, they want to mess with it at least as possible. So it all depends on your cooking style according to what pit you're going to end up with from Pitmaker, whether it's going to be a vault. A sniper, or now the one you've showed our new pipe pit, which is the Hitman. Regardless, you're dealing with uh, insulate. Now the upright can be fully insulated, the, the cabinet and everything. Uh, obviously, with the offset, you have an insulated firebox, but you're not insulating the whole cooker. Um, I had a conversation with uh, one man pits about because we got into the whole thing. They insulate their firebox as well. I said, well, what about like a completely insulated pit from cooking chamber all the way down the firebox? And from what I could ascertain, it would be basically like building two pits over the top of each other with a void and then having to, to fill in. So you're dealing at substantial cost. That, that's correct. And we get asked that question a lot. And that's actually in regards to our new smoke that we're going to be launching very soon. Um, it is a lot of extra cost, you know, from, from a fabricator standpoint and a, and a design standpoint. If you're building a traditional offset firebox pit and you're going to insulate it fully, it's basically like building two. So it's having to engineer a way around that, a way to, a way around to, get, to get some of the efficiency and a way to get some of the um, cold weather cooking characteristics and some of the other the inclement weather cooking characteristics that the cabinet smokers definitely have over the offsets. Do you feel that in the end... And ultimately, the customer is going to dictate whatever they're going to dictate, and you're either going to take the job on or you're not, or you're going to make it worthwhile for you to take a job on that you might think is a little crazy. Um, is it better to just have the firebox insulated and not worry about so much the cooking chamber because that's going to heat up and it's going to kind of stay hot? Where when you isolate or when you uh, insulate the firebox, that's more of a, a consistent heat thing and a, a efficiency of burn thing. Yeah, definitely. There's there's a point of diminishing returns. You know, in all of our standard offsets, our three models of snipers and our and our Hitman smoker, the top of the firebox is insulated. And we went with that decision uh, when we launched the Hitman. We're like, okay, that's the number one area of radiant heat loss on a smoker. You know, if you look at the, your offset during 
uh, on, on, our, on our thermal camera while it's under full burn, you're losing the majority of your heat for the top of the firebox. And all of our offset smokers, we insulate that portion so all that radiant heat gets reflected back into the cooking chamber where you want it. It does make your offset more efficient. Um, you know, on de developing and designing our doors of the sniper, they're insulated as well. And we felt that that was, we wanted to go with the stainless for the durability, for the way that we can attach a gasket and cause it to seal extremely well. And we, we insulated those as well because that was our number one area of heat loss as well. And it's, you know, so that was definitely by design and design standpoints going with insulating those two areas of our standard smokers. We have a larger smoker with a fully insulated firebox and definitely there's a point of diminishing returns when you're talking about, okay, what is your customer going to want to pay for it labor-wise, material-wise, um, you know, for what they're going to get out of it. Um, you know, you have, you have, there are other guys that have no cost and no object, but right. I would say they're probably, you know, 2% of your audience or less. Yeah, few and far between to be sure. Um, how many different models are you offering right now as uh, Pitmaker? Of smokers? Yeah. We offer um, four offsets standard, and we offer two vertical insulated cabinet smokers standard. We do have another uh, cabinet smoker that's we're going to come into. It's going to be a little smaller and more of an entry point smoker, and uh, we're calling that the. Uh, we have the barbecue state, the barbecue vault, and we're calling that the. Um, not the safety deposit box, but it, <laughs> we're still working on the name. But it's going to be a little smaller than than uh, the vault in the safe for sure. Yeah, got it. Um, do you have a, a breakdown of people that are buying? Vault style and people that are buying offset for you guys. The vault style is definitely uh, outselling your, our offset smokers for us. You know, I would say more than ten to one. Really, ten to one. If you add up all the offsets, wow. it, it probably gets less than ten to one. But uh, in terms of specific models versus the vault, over ten to one. The other thing that you guys are widely known for, especially if you go out to some of the big Texas events um, or some of the the really hyped up barbecue competitions that you guys are at are the traveling trailer pits with the disco lights and the fog machines and the big screen televisions floating out of the top of the bitch. I mean, the things are absolutely insane. And there's really, like, no limit, right, for you guys. You'll pretty much, as long as it makes sense and it is doable, you will do it. Yes. I mean, you know, we, we, we love challenges here at Pitmaker. You know, we're all about creating the party, creating the atmosphere, creating the... Um, that's just what to have fun with. And a large part of that is tailgating, um, which we're, we're known for as well. We do 10, we do 10 season home games with the Houston Texans. We've tailgated elsewhere and a lot of competitive cookers in Texas and abroad, you know, they only, not only do they do competitions, but they'll go support their favorite NFL or college team on Saturday or Sunday. And it's the same equipment. You know, you're basically, you know, cooking for a crowd and it's more, a little bit more fun based and the music and the TV and the, you know, watching the game, of course, is more important or yeah. as important as the food. What's the, what's the most expensive pit you guys have built to date? Most expensive, um, probably a custom build we did for our friends advantage trailers and, and Bridger Oilfield group, which is a huge converted 18 wheeler, um, oil tanker tractor trailer trailer that we converted into a, a party on wheels uh, oh. a transformable kind of incognito thing that you know it looks like you know when it's all sealed up it looks like a standard oil fill tanker you get it on site and it just transforms into um an amazing smoker cooker griller with qsc 
digital sound system, lights, uh, TV, satellite, sync, you know, everything you need for a party. Wow. Sounds Next absolutely. Star party. Yeah. Craziness. Um, what are the basic price points for the, the base models that you're offering right now? On it from a trailer standpoint? Uh, trailer and, and actually the, the normal backyard pits too, or the competition pits. Our backyard smokers, you know, start at 2500 uh, for our first offset. They kind of move into about 4600 for a fully insulated firebox offset, which is very large. It has uh, over 4,000 square inches of picking grade space, um, fully insulated firebox, 58-inch chamber, long by 28 inches deep. That's our Magnum Sniper. And our then our Vault Smoker, which is a standard 3500, any color you want. We're doing a lot of those for outdoor kitchen builds. Um, they kind of lend themselves for the built-in kitchen application. And also, um, we've been getting a lot of chef and professional chef interest lately on the vault, barbecue vault smokers. Um, there's actually three new restaurants in the Houston area opening, utilizing our smokers um, s- specifically for cooking commercial. We have a Papa Charlie's, which is a, a great restaurant. Um, Underbelly, uh, Chris, executive chef Chris Shepard's restaurant, which uses our smokers as well. And he just got a trailer from us. And uh, Harlan Road Barbecue, which is a chef Aaron Malekian's brand new restaurant, should be opening next month. In regards to wait time, if somebody picks up the phone, talks to George Shore tomorrow, or sends you an email overnight, and we're looking for four to six, that's it? The trailer, a a backyard smoker, whatever have you, as long as it's not some crazy oil rig, oil rig tanker build. (laughs) If it's one of our standard trailers, even even decked out, you know, like like some of the ones you see with TV and what have you, four to six weeks from Pitmaker, we, we'll have you done. Really? Come pick it up or we'll ship it to you. So I have to ask, that seems incredibly short on the lead time. I've talked to other guys over the last couple of weeks. I mean, six months out is soon for these guys. Some are booked out a year. I mean, how you got, how can you guys keep it four to six weeks? Um, we have a pretty large work crew at the moment. You know, we have... Um, six lead welders we have uh over 20 guys in our shop um kicking them out so we do things in a modular way as well you know we're batch production that's you know part of running a custom fabrication shop with the things that we make a lot of that we use over and over we'll do batch productions you know we'll do so many of this different model we'll cycle through this week and do so many of this different model we'll cycle through next week and do so many of that different model and Hopefully by the six or eight weeks time, what well, that time we work around to that model again, we've used up what we've built and we're ready for another batch. So by using you know some 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 ingenuity and some some batch production planning, we're able to stay ahead of the curve. Absolutely, wow! Four to six weeks again for everybody. That's exactly what you heard. Don't he didn't say forty six weeks? He said four to six weeks. Uh, again, pitmaker.com is the website. George, what's the phone number out there in case people want to give you a shout? Uh, 281-359-7487. All righty. George Shore is out there at Pitmaker. As always, my friend, I appreciate the time, and we will talk to you. You going to be down in San Antonio this weekend? I will not. My partner, Victor Howard, will be out there competing, representing us. Uh-huh. Um, we are defending grand champions, even though oh. our great friend and customer, Ernest Cervantes, cooked in our stead last year and won it in our team name. Um, big burnt meat companies out there as well, kicking butt. Hopefully, he wins again as well. Yeah, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, tailgating Sunday. That's why we're kind of splitting up. Uh, Julio and myself will be doing the tailgating on Sunday, and Victor and our, our, our employee judge going to go out there and, and uh, take it all. All right, Saturday. we'll tell, uh, tell Victor I said good luck, and maybe we'll be talking to him next week. Awesome. All right, man. 
Thanks so much. You got it. There he is. George Shore from Pitmaker, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. I mean, if you have you gotta do yourself a favor. If you have not gone to the Pitmaker website, get over there immediately and check out their stuff. It's crazy. The ones that have the TV and all that stuff, hoofa. Hoofa. That's all I gotta say. You're doing yourself a disservice if you haven't checked out how cool their stuff is. All right, folks, it's almost time for the American Royal, the World Series of Barbecue Contest over the course of the year. New this year, the American Royal being held at Arrowhead Stadium, Kansas City, October 1st through the 4th. Cookshack and Fast Eddie are going to be there. Open in spots G as in Golf 253 and G as in Golf 268, the Cookshack team. Would love to spend time with you. Cook Shack and Fast Eddie will be competing using the FEC 100 pellet smoker and the PG 1000 pellet grill. The F, uh, Fast Eddie's by Cook Shack FE 100 is the choice of many teams on the competition circuit. So far, over 30 teams using Cook Shack equipment will compete at the American Royal. Feeling lucky? Register for the Fast Eddie's poker tournament that will be held on Thursday night at 6 p.m. for a chance to win an FEC 500 on a trailer. It's worth over 21 grand. Holly, they will be hosting a get-together, so stop by for some food and fun. Let me ask you something. Why do you think countless pitmasters prefer the FE100? Former American Royal Grand Champ Todd Johns of Plowboys considers his FE twins, FE100 twins, a member of the cooking team. They handle his fire management. He can cook all by himself. He doesn't have to worry about temperatures not being consistent. He can roll into a contest at 6 p.m., prep his meats he's ready to cook quickly the fec 100 puts you in control so you can concentrate on flavor profiles and making those turn in boxes the fec features a digital cook shack iq5 controller that lets you set smoke cook and rest time temperatures the heat and flavor source is 100 food grade wood pellets this pellet heat is controlled by a fully automated pellet system which produces very little ash as compared to stick burners pellets make it easy to customize the wood flavor if you want more you can offer and uh, you can get the optional smoke enhancer item that can be added to the fec 100 do you need additional information about the cook shack or fast eddies by cook shack products here's what you do call one of their friendly sales professionals at cook shack at 800-423-0698 that's 800-423-0698 or you check out their website cookshack.com or there's another one, pelletcooker.com. That's right, pelletcooker.com. Good folks over at Cook Shack. We'll have Fast Eddie on to recap the Royal and the bidness of Cook Shack a couple weeks after the Royal actually comes to a close. We're so looking forward to that. All right, coming up out of the break, Steve Grams to talk a little bit more about the thing that we just buffered or teased with George Shore, the San Antonio barbecue cookoff, plus what he has going on. Stick around, we'll be right back. Smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. This portion of the Barbecue Central show is being brought to you by Green Mountain Grills, manufacturers of some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. 
If you're looking for a big cooker at a house, a lot of food, they got one for you. How about something medium-sized? Yeah, they got you covered there, too. Something for tailgates. Who's tailgating? Everybody's tailgating. The Browns are winning, ladies and gentlemen. Breaking news. They can supply you with pellets to fire those cookers as well. Check them out at GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. I love my Green Mountain Grill. You could love yours, too, if you go and order one for crying out loud. All right, joining me now to talk a little San Antonio barbecue cook-off as well as some other barbecue-related topics, productions, and so forth, we race over the hotline and welcome back Steve Grams to the show. Steve, how are you, buddy? Doing really well. How about yourself? I'm Long time good. to talk. Yeah, absolutely. Doing well. Thanks for asking. All right, Steve, so a number of different things to get to here this evening, I guess not the least of which I teased with uh, George Shore from Pitmaker as we were ducking out of his segment. There's a really large barbecue competition coming up this coming weekend out there, the San Antonio uh, Barbecue Cook-Off. And I think for the folks that we cover a lot of KCBS here on the show, uh, we cover a lot of FBA here on this show, similar in idea. But once you get down into the, te- and I made a commit, 2015 was my New Year's resolution for the show to include a lot more Texas stuff. And I've done that with some help uh, from guys like Doug Scheiding and, and some of these other guys that have been coming on, but the one thing that I've noticed is, man, there are a lot of contests out there in the great state of Texas that has huge amounts of teams that are going in there to compete. And it's not like, you know, an American Royal where there's, you know, 600 teams, but it's only once a year. I mean, you get 100 and 200, 300 teams on a fairly consistent basis out there in Texas. That's true. Uh, this past weekend, we were in a little suburb of San Antonio called Shirts at an event called Shirts Fest, and there were just 84 teams. Uh, now the payout was great. Uh, yeah, just 84. Yeah, it's huge. Uh, this coming weekend, uh, they're expecting, I think the current number is 267 teams. And that number's fluctuated. It's, it's been well over 300 in the past. Last year, I think it was at 254. Uh, so it, it does fluctuate. It's always been over 250. And it's just, it's a big event. I mean, they're paying out, what, uh, just over $21,000 in prize money. So it's, it's, it's drawing cookers from all over the great state of Texas. And beyond, I, I know some some friends coming in from Georgia, some guys that are coming in from Iowa, uh, all over the, the United States to come cook in San Antonio. And this is going to be the the brisket, the half chicken, and the ribs situation? Yeah. yeah, right. Those are the three primary items. They also are doing beans, and they're doing a cook's choice, which is anything you can cook on a pit that is not chicken, ribs, and brisket. Do you know, Steve, like what a, what a typical entry fee for an event like this would be? Okay, now a lot of the big events in Texas that are 100 teams or more usually range around the $200 mark, plus or minus. Uh, some get as high as $250 uh, with these massive payouts. Now, San Antonio Rodeo, this is the San Antonio Livestock Exposition or sale that puts on this event. So you know, every single one of these cook-offs is always for a great cause and all the time. Uh, this is our rodeo event. So because of that, all the money that they're making typically goes towards that. Uh, their entry fees are a little higher. To do just the three meats, it's $500, and that does come with water and electricity. Uh, to do the extra side items, it's another 50 bucks per item. So we're looking at, uh, for me to go out and compete in just entry fees alone, it's $600. Now, if I win the whole damn thing, what's the payback to me? Oh, let's see. If you win grand champion, you're looking at uh, not necessarily winning a first place in one of the meat categories, but let's say you did. I think you're looking at $3,500 for just a grand champion prize alone. Uh, there's a particular sponsor, a meat sponsor, that is stepping up saying that if you use their products, they'll match your prize, 
which is kind of fun. So I, I know myself and a lot of other guys are going to be doing that because why wouldn't you? You know, yeah, <laughs> why wouldn't you use their products? So, I mean, if, if you don't do any of the ancillary categories, you pay your 500 bucks, you win it. I mean, it's a pretty good return. You get three 3,000 bucks on top of the, the 500 that you spent. So, uh, you know, pretty good. Uh, do they pay out like 10 deep or, or 20 deep or anything like that? You know, San Antonio Rodeo does not have a, a long history of paying out deep down the line. This is something new they've started. In past years, they've only paid out uh, a few thousand dollars, three to five grand tops. And this year, the uh, because of all of these other events that are going on in Texas, uh, events like Turn and Burn, uh, for example, that brought out, what, 170 teams back in March and yep. paid out uh, around $60,000 in, in cash. That, that's a lot of money. I, you know, I've worked for that event in the past, and there's other events that are paying out ten, fifteen, and twenty thousand dollars plus. Uh, there's an event in Laredo paying out twenty thousand. Uh, there's an event in in um, in West Texas uh, in Uvalde that's going to be paying out fifteen thousand dollars this December. So you have all of these large payout cookoffs, and because of that, you're looking at San Antonio Rodeo, which has all the prestige. I mean, the history of being this fantastic event where you win because you want to win and get, get that pennant and take it home and put it in your living room. Uh, but they've also seen that prestige is fantastic, but it only goes so far. And that cookers are now, I, I think the world is really demanding uh, a much greater payout than ever before, which is great for cookers. It's hard on promoters to be able to raise those kinds of dollars, but that's where all the sponsors step up. Steve Graham's joining me here on the show. Uh, Steve, let me ask you, uh, I guess, two questions that I'm thinking of here as I was listening to your answer. One would be, is it because of, I'm starting this question three different times and I'm revising it in my head every time I'm going to ask it. Do you find in Texas that the use of what I call the the hybrid, well, not they're not hybrid meats, but the, the Wagyu beefs and the, the compart porks and the cage-free farm fresh chickens, has that stuff kind of trickled down into the Texas competitions or is that still more like a KCBS FBA thing? Oh, without a doubt. Uh, you've got people that are ordering briskets online. Uh, they're looking at air chilled chickens and they're, they're, you know, there's not a whole lot you can do with pork, but they're getting special uh, you know, ribs sent in. But I think what you're going to find in Texas that is unique, that's a little different than a lot of your KCBS competitions, is that the judges in a Texas competition are local, local to wherever the contest is being held. So what myself and a number of other cookers have found is that when you've got for example, a small town cook-off, you know, population triple digit or less. If you've got 87 people in an area and they're bringing in everybody to judge or, you know, there's just a couple thousand people in the community, um, perhaps the local community doesn't know what Wagyu brisket tastes like and it tastes a little fatty or more like a roast or something to them. So they may not like it as much. And I, I think a lot of cookers would agree, a lot of Texas cookers would agree that when you get into certain pockets, uh, a selector, a choice is going to even outperform a Wagyu or even a Prime in some cases. Uh, I don't think that's the case at San Antonio Rodeo. I think that's uh, you bring your best, absolute best product and uh, do exactly what everything you can to it to make it taste absolutely the best possible brisket, brisket being the big meat Texas. But you make it taste as good as you possibly can and then go from there. So, yeah, you have seen a lot of those, uh, but it's going to vary from small town to small town as to how, how, how much success you're going to have from using those types of meats. I guess the all, the culminating question was going to be, as you said, prestige is great, but ultimately we all want to see the greenbacks fill our pockets if we're turning in, especially if you're going to the higher priced briskets and chickens and you know pork ribs or what have you. Uh, so I guess to sustain going forward, 
that's something that if the Cooks are going to be crying out for it, you got to figure out a way to, to pad the pockets a little bit more. Well, with that, uh, and I think it's also, you know, if you've got a, a, an event that claims to be prestigious, and it is because it's got a long history, but it doesn't pay out that much. And all of a sudden you've got a new event somewhere else in the state, even if it's not that far down the road, that is paying out 15, 20, $25,000 or more. I mean, as a cooker, which one would you go to? If you're a competition cooker that works every single weekend or does you know, 15 to 20 events a year, the prestige is great. But you know, I, I think you could fill in the blank there. But at, at, at the end of the day, you're like, well, prestige is nice and all, but yeah, Winning 20 grand sure would be nice, or at least my fair share of it. So I'm, I'm glad to see bigger events like San Antonio Rodeo step up and offer. Uh, it's over $21,000 that they're paying out this year, and I think that is fantastic. Steve Graham joining me here on the show. Steve, if we could, let's talk a little bit. Last time you were on the show, you were with it was at Western Woods, um, and so you're kind of transitioned out of there. What are you up to now? Uh, Western Premium Barbecue Products, great company. I still use all of their uh, all of their wood products. They're fantastic. Uh, transitioned, uh, transitioned into a production company. And uh, I, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag early. We have been filming uh, at a couple of different cook-offs in preparation for what we hope will be a fantastic 2016. Uh, but don't want, I can't really talk a whole lot about the productions that we're doing in the barbecue world. We are doing quite a few, uh, quite a few other items, some commercial work and some corporate work, uh, video stuff. Uh, but it's in the video world, and hopefully uh, we'll have some great news to share with you the next time we come on the air. All right, fair enough. So let's go ahead and gloss over the scoop that you're not going to give me tonight. Okay, that's fine. People make a habit of coming on the show and say, oh, I got all this great information, but I'm not going to take it. Nevertheless, uh, so barbecue television. So let's talk about barbecue television a little bit. Uh, High-level stuff you see many years ago now, the, the what I guess was technically season like three or four pitmasters and whatever version it was. But that was they were following three or four different teams, and you were kind of getting that real uh, reality TV show feel. And then that next season, it switched up completely, and all of a sudden, John Marcus isn't anymore, and it's kind of spinning out of some weird thing. And I always thought, man, I think... People are missing the boat and nobody wants to buy my TV shows and I know nobody to pitch them to. And so that's kind of where I'm sitting in, you know, nowhere land. But I was like, man, you know, the thing that what do reality TV shows have in common? The successful ones, the Kardashians, the fishing show, uh, the kooks up in Alaska. You know, I mean, it's not barbecuing it's not that they live in alaska i mean that maybe that one kind of it's not that they're fishing uh it's not that they're you know all these weirdo fancy people because their dad was a lawyer it's the interpersonal relationships it's them yelling at each other it's them making up with each other and it's something that happens every week or however often the show is on and the audience is being able to invest something into the people they're getting to know them and that's what was missing after they transitioned out of the, the one format into the competition format. And that I think, hey, you should be able to latch onto a team or two, follow them around. And certainly it's a barbecue show and you kind of show some of that. But the majority of it is getting to the competition or they're yelling at each other while they're prepping chicken and stuff like this. So what do you think about that? Absolutely. I mean, you know, I've never seen any of the Kardashians at a barbecue cook-off. I mean, not once. Uh, I, I know they barbecue in Alaska because when I was still with Western, we used to shoot products up there all the time. Uh, but at the same time, when you travel the rest of the United States, you know, the lower 48 or however you want to call that, uh, I, I think 
what you're going to find with barbecue television is a couple of things. One, it's certainly trending upward more so than any other genre of TV right now. Uh, I, I was in television, did a lot of hunting and television, uh, hunting and fishing television shows for about 15 years. Uh, and we put together some phenomenal things. I think what you're going to see in that industry with all of the hunting and fishing television shows that are out there right now uh, is the immense quantity of programming that is available for hunting and fishing. You don't see that in barbecue. I mean, there are currently over 400 hunting TV shows Real? On, on air right now, Wow, uh, which is phenomenal. Now, the reason they're on air is not because there's that much interesting content or there's that much conflict between people and the following stories. It's because they have, they have that many sponsors. There are that many people willing to spend that kind of money on hunting and fishing. Uh, when you look at barbecue and you know that according to the HPPA, you've got 82.6% of Americans that are cooking outside. That tells me that there's advertising dollars available to get in front of those people to put barbecue programming on television. Uh, when you start looking at what would make a good show, well, yeah, following a team, finding out people that are interesting. Interesting will, will win out every single time. If you've got something that is interesting, whether it's interpersonal dynamics, the way people talk, the families, uh, if it's something about uh, a family that has cook-offs together or you've got traveling from city to city, or you're looking at the fire burned out, as long as you have good production quality and you're making it interesting, people will watch. Enough people watch, you build your audience, you build your audience, and as you know, then you can start selling your sponsorships to pay for everything, and that's when things stay on television. So it's this whole cycle that we've seen in other industries that are the same. They're the absolute same as, as barbecue when you look at it from an industry perspective. And this industry is just, it's primed. I mean, People love cooking outside. Uh, people love grilling. People love barbecuing. They love smoking. They love doing it all over the place. That's that's what you do all the time. You, you know more, more better than anybody. Steve, as far as and I hate to circle back to a, a item that we had already been talking about and transition back out of, but uh, the San Antonio cook-off, you're doing something tomorrow night. I think it's closed out uh, at this point, but you know, to me, I'm a sales guy. I'm a business guy. Nothing better than to hype something that nobody else can get into in an effort to, you know, roll interest into the following year. Uh, but it's it's a pretty cool thing that you're putting on tomorrow night. Oh, this is fun. Okay, so we're calling it the Pitmasters of Texas Banquet. And it is simply that, a bunch of pitmasters from Texas getting together for a banquet. So when we, we thought of this idea, it actually stemmed from a buddy of mine in the San Antonio area that called up about eight or ten guys put out a Facebook invite and said, hey, let's get together around Christmas and go to, to supper. So we did. We had a great time. And one of the guys posted a picture on Facebook. And, of course, it just, you know, the, the picture was something like, had a great time at the Pitmaster's Christmas dinner. Well, then everything started exploding. How come I didn't get invited? Yeah. All these comments just started filling up the page. Uh, it was kind of fun. So the idea occurred to us, let's do a banquet. If people want this, if, this, if there's a need out there, if people want to be involved in something, let's do it. Now, we don't just want to get together and sit in a room. There's got to be some type of substance. Otherwise, it's just going to dinner. How do you transition from a dinner to a banquet? So we were looking for content. What do we do during the event? And we talked about doing some type of awards ceremony. But we've got so many different sanctioning organizations in Texas that all are scheduled at different times. The calendar year starts at you know, different months throughout the year. So that was logistically becoming a challenge. So we said, okay, well, what are we doing more than anything else when we're not cooking? We're talking about cooking. We're talking about all the, the, the things that we love and the things that we hate about competition barbecue. So let's make that the focus. Uh, I worked with uh, some of our uh, some, some friends of mine, uh, Craig Sherry from Texas Pepper Jelly, 
uh, Darwin Howell. He's from Giant Barbecue. Arnie Segovia from Smoke and Lone Star. And we've got CJ. Oh, gosh. Uh, Clarence Thomas. Uh, no, Clarence Thomas. Uh, Clarence Joseph. CJ has got uh, from uh, Mom and Papa Joe's uh, barbecue team are going to be our four panel discussion leaders. Now, their job is really just to get the conversation going. Uh, we're not here to do an educational seminar. This isn't something where we're trying to teach people how to cook. This is a bunch of pitmasters that know how to cook. We're just, we want to talk about what we do. Uh, so it's kind of fun. It's taking place tomorrow night, Wednesday, here in San Antonio, downtown on one of the Riverwalk restaurants. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Right now we've got 66 or 67 people that will be attending. Wow. So for our first time event, we're happy with the turnout. It's going to be fun. We're going to have a big time. And, uh, you know, on the Riverwalk in San Antonio, anything can happen. Absolutely. He is uh, Steve Grams, and hopefully when he is allowed to come back on and actually scoop uh, the television thing, allegedly, uh, we'll uh, get the word here. Steve, thanks so much for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You know how these confidentiality agreements are. I tell you, they're, they're, they're brutal. But the worst. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> I All look right. forward to the next time. Take care. There he is, Steve Grams, taking a page out of Bob Trudnag's book. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Would love to tell you something great, news, live, local, and late breaking, but can't do it. I know how to take a hint. All right, thanks again to Steve Grams. I will talk to you unabashed Tops Power Injector System, the National Barbecue Association 2015 Barbecue Tool of the Year. Coming three awesome sizes to fit uh, to fit your injecting needs, from the backyard cooks like me to the catering and restaurant chefs like you. The Power Injector is right for you. Each of their patent-pending CHOPS Power Injector systems features not one, not two, but four needles. Evenly spaced at the perfect distance for even injecting. Even comes with three plug screws, so you can use fewer needles to change up the space to get around those bones. It's versatility. Now, let me break it down. The number one seller is the half-gallon CHOPS Power Injector system. I have that one. It's designed for the competition or to pump up the backyard warrior. Easy to use. Clean it, fill it, pump it, and go. If you just have one brisket or one pork shoulder to do, you don't need to fill it up all the way. Just use what you need. It will suck it all up. It comes with 14-gauge needles, two replacement plastic needle adapters, three plug screws, and a needle protector. 100 bucks plus shipping anywhere. It's great. The one-gallon chops power injector system designed for the catering folks, the bigger jobs. It holds double the amount of the half-gallon. Use it in competitions like when you cook that MBN whole hog, or perhaps you're doing 10 shoulders and looking for that perfect one. It comes with 14-gauge needles, two replacement plastic needle adapters, three plug screws, a needle protector, $120 bucks plus shipping anywhere. A value. The newest one, the CHOPS Full Power Injector System. It's electric. It's the commercial and competition big daddy. It's not a holding tank, but a three-and-a-half-foot pickup tube that you can put in any size container. That's right, from a few ounces to that 55-gallon drum of injection that you have laying around the house. It was originally designed for Chef Rob at the Best Barbecue Kansas City uh, the best barbecue restaurant in Kansas City. He said time and time again, with the CHOPS full power injector system, his briskets are better than ever. Comes with metal needle adapters, 14-gauge needles, 3-inch, 12-gauge needles, 2-inch, 11.5-gauge needles, 3-plug screws, a needle protector, 325 bucks plus shipping anywhere. Look, folks, a number of the top pitmasters in the world use CHOP power injector systems every day to make their barbecue better than the rest. Because here's the thing, we live in a foodie world that requires flavor in every bite. This is how you do it and do it fast. It's not just for meat. Attention alcoholics, how about alcohol-infused watermelon, everybody? Every injector hand-assembled in Kansas City, Missouri, USA. 
extra accessories if you need them. If you want them, they got them. You want to shoot medium ground spices, they have you covered for that. They have two, three, and four inch 12 gauge needles. Also, they have two inch closed tip needles, perfect for shooting fatty meats to keep from plugging up the needles with fat. They sell replacement screws, plug screws. They have it all, basically, is what I'm saying, folks. Chopped power injector system. Give your barbecue some power. Barbecue Kansas City. That's B A R B E Q U E. BarbecueKansasCity.com. BarbecueKansasCity.com. We're back to wrap up the first hour right after this. Stick around. Be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. 216-220-0966. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Thanks again to Steve Grams for joining me this past segment talking uh, a lot about the San Antonio barbecue cook-off. 500 bucks to get in. It's closed. I can't imagine you're going to be getting it now. So don't even try it. Maybe next year. Fairly decent pay. I mean, three grand. I don't know. Like I said, if I'm getting into competition barbecue, I want to win a lot of money. Like, the first time out, I want to win a lot of money. Pay up, suckers. All right, we're going to step away real quick. Load up for the second hour. Barbecue panel, the monthly barbecue panel coming up. That's right. Very excited about that. We've got an open segment as well at 1035. If you want to jump in on that. I want to tell you about my favorite, uh, favorite, freight, favorite flavor enhancer available at most local grocery stores. Excited? I'm going to tell you all about it. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Networks. board here for the really big barbecue show Boing. we cook because we have to and we grill because we want to hit me fine how you doing <laughs> we have a great show i'm a big fan Boing. so what 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 seems to be the problem here this man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle charbono it's all about the charbono dude Just like that, we are into the second hour. Boom! This portion of the show is brought to you by CookinPellets.com. 
your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. Visit cookingpellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also visit amazon.com to purchase as well. Head on over there. You can do it. Still to come tonight on the show, as I had mentioned before, the hour top, the monthly barbecue panel. We have an open segment at 1035. Folks, the Sam's Club Barbecue Series into South Haven, Mississippi this past weekend. It's a regional final that fed the top 10 teams to the Bentonville, Arkansas final that'll take place next month. Those top 10 teams moving on in particular order with a 701.12 Cajun Blaze. Quick point of note. Got in touch with Cajun Blaze. Said, hey, you want to come on the show tonight? No. No. That's all right. Also emailed Mike McLeod. Hey, Mike, want to come on the show tonight? No. He's a He's got a pass, though. I said, Michael McDermott, hey, Mike, want to come on the show tonight? Talk to us, hey? No. Somehow I'll survive. RGC, eat more butt barbecue. Agreed. Just shy of 700, too. Wow. Smokin' Moe's barbecue, third. Wink's barbecue, fourth. Hickory Prime, fifth. Gilly's barbecue, sixth. St. Louis Black Iron barbecue, seventh. There's no place like smoke, eighth. Habitual Smokers, ninth, rounding out the top 10 and making the trip out to Bentonville, Arkansas. Q-Bones Barbecue. Uh, they ended with a 686. So really, from 1 to 10, it was actually less than four points separating 1 through 10. So that was a hotly contested race. Very excited to see that. The next Sam's Club event will be on September 26th in Midwest City, Oklahoma. That is this Saturday. Again, that is the regional final as well for there, uh, sending top teams over to Bentonville as well. Well, you know what time it is, folks. This time every week, we do the weekly barbecue roundup. Oh, yeah, we're going to get funky on this. Give me a little Chuck Mangione. All right, we're covering September 18th, the weekend of September 18th and 19th. The Barbecue on the Bricks, Kearney, Nebraska, Fat Jack's Barbecue, Nebraska winning it with a 691.3. Tilly Harley-Davidson Bikers Blues Barbecue Rally and Barbecue Classic, Salisbury, North Carolina, winning it. Smoke this with a 697.5. Smoke on the River, Sacramento, California, Simply Marvelous Barbecue winning at 678.2. 2015 Colorado Rockies Championship. Getting Sauced wins it with a 705.7. KTD Smoke and Gobbler Cookoff. Worthington, Minnesota. Winning at Mustang Sally Tailgating Association with a 700.5. Tri City Barbecue Festival. Denison, Iowa. Winning at Porky Butts Barbecue with a 690.7. Marshall County Blazing Barbecue and Bluegrass. Plymouth, Indiana. Winning at Thunder Hog Barbecue with a 693.6. Jesse James Barbecue Cookoff, Kearney, Missouri, winning at Squeal Like a Pig Barbecue with a 698.7. Taste of Autumn Barbecue Championship, Spearfish, South Dakota, winning at Parahead Smokers with a 701.7. Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour, South Haven, Mississippi, we just talked about it. Cajun Blaze with a 701.1. Cherokee Strip Barbecue Cookoff, Ponca City, Oklahoma, winning at Butcher Barbecue with a 692.5. Shout out, Dave. Nebo Fall Festival Barbecue. Nebo, Kentucky, winning at Smoke Me Silly with a 710.8. 
Table Rock, Boat and Bones, Kimberling, Missouri, winning at Shake and Bake Barbecue with a 705.1. Q by the Sea, Seaside Heights, New Jersey, Beer BQ winning with a 674.2. Hot Springs Blues and Barbecue, Hot Springs, Arizona, winning at Fire Dancer Barbecue with a 695.3. Oinktoberfest in Clarence, New York, Good Smoke Barbecue winning with a 669.6. Pet Barbecue, Championship Vet Het Waslin, St. Nick's, what? I have no idea. That must be international, and I didn't... Go. Shame on me. I screwed that one all the way up. Let's move to Texas. IBCA, International Barbecue Cookers Association. First shot barbecue. Gonzalez, Texas, 62 teams. Ernest Cervantes wins at Burt Bean Barbecue. Yellow Rose Barbecue Cook-Off in concert. Joshua, Texas, winning it. Barbecue Extreme. Oil Field Trash Blowout. Alice, Texas, winning it. Rio Valley Meat. Recess on the River. Meals on Wheels Barbecue. Smithville, Texas, winning it. Czech Cherokee Cookers. 16th Annual Wild West Festival Barbecue Cook-Off. Springtown, Texas. Joni Shug Double J Barbecue winning it. How about Texas Gulf Coast? 7th Annual Schurz Fest Barbecue Cook-Off in Schurz, Texas. I think we just talked about Schurz, Texas. Cool Hands Barbecue winning that one. Lone Star Barbecue Society. Staying in Texas. VFW Barbecue and Chili. Elgin, Texas. Grand Champion. Robert Gott. Round Mountain Cookers wins that one. Frio County Winter Garden Music Festival and Barbecue Cook-Off in Pearsall, Texas. Winning at KG Cookers Barbecue. Now let's move to the Pacific Northwest Barbecue Championship. Grand Coulee Harvest Festival, Grand Coulee, Washington. Am I saying that right? It doesn't matter because I know who won it. Lake House Barbecue! Diane Me with a score of 761 on an 800-point scale. Just for a reminder, folks, for those keeping track of the Pacific Northwest and more specifically Lake House Barbecue, that's three grand championships, two reserves in the last five weeks. Yeah, who's good? Diane's good. Hogfest, Port Orchard, Washington, winning that one, Wine Country Q. With a score of 742.6, which I can only assume was out of 800 as well. So congratulations to the winners in the Pacific Northwest. And that does it for your weekly barbecue roundup, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Who doesn't love a little good Chuck Mangione? I know I do, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I know I do. I also love an ice cold Budweiser. <laughs> See, last week I went real slow and I missed time. Not this time. My reading skills are up to par, boy. All right. Quickly, we head on over to the KCBS Team of the Year points standing. Uh, this is as of uh, around 10 or 11 o'clock this morning of the KCBS.us website. Actually, you know what? Because in recent weeks, it has changed in that time. We go right to the KCBS website. All right, currently sitting atop the leaderboard is Clark Crew Barbecue. Travis Clark. Uh, David Qualls and Chris Qualls of the American Dream Barbecue team sitting in second. Darren Worth, Iowa Smokey D. So top three, more or less unchanged, getting based at number four. Uh, my favorite Sterling Ball, Big Papa Smokers in there at fifth place. Smoke Me Silly sixth. Shake and Bake Barbecue is currently in seventh place. Yellow River Barbecue 
is in eighth place. Ninth place is Smokeaholics. And rounding out the top 10 is Spitfire Barbecue. Congratulations to the top 10 right now. And good luck to everybody that will be competing this coming week and weekend. Matt Boer asking me, Greg, where is the Manziel t-shirt? No. No. Matt, let me tell you something. For roughly however many years it's been since 1999 when the Browns came back after they moved to Baltimore and then subsequently had won a Super Bowl. No! There's a local sports talk show guy who coined one of the greatest phrases ever when describing the fiasco that is the Cleveland Browns. A man can only eat so much poop before he becomes bitter and jaded and expects nothing but losing. And that's where I'm at now. Uh, Johnny Menzel is short. He's shrimpy. He is not really a great quarterback. Uh, I don't care to see any more of a sample size. By the way, uh, our other quarterback, McCown, not a good quarterback either. We're looking at four to five wins, no matter who it is helming it up behind center this season. It is the factory of sadness that continues on on the shores of Lake Erie. So no, I'm not going to give the Browns even one red thin gilder of mine to support that travesty. Forget it. I won't do it. i tell you what I will do. Tomorrow I'm going to ButcherBBQ.com and ordering up my grilling oil, baby. I'm out. So I got to get more. You better do it right now, too, because I might buy it all, you sons of bitches. Look, we all know Butcher's Barbecue is well known for their injections, because guess what? Maybe you didn't hear it, but last weekend, Dave took a grand champion with his products, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah! Thing you need to know about Dave. Dave doesn't make great Butcher Barbecue products and then go use Fab B. Bullshit. He uses his stuff because it's great and it works, and he's got the hardware to prove it. And so do a number of other competition teams and backyard warriors like me. Love the stuff. You go to ButcherBBQ.com. That's ButcherBBQ.com. And begin to hook up with things like beef injection, pork injection, prime injection, bird boosters, the uh, open pit flavor for the pork. You're going to love that. The grilling oils, as I just mentioned. You know, I've said it a couple different times over the last handful of months since grilling oils have been introduced. You know, have you been looking for something? Have you become, oh, let's say, a little soured on the blue bottle stuff for your ribs and pork? The parquet, I'll say it, parquet. Here's a great alternative. Shelf stable. You don't have to worry about getting in the refrigerator. I mean, you have to worry about that with parquet, right? I mean, you buy it out of the refrigerator. got to keep it in the refrigerator. This is shelf stable. It can stay out. You see it all the time. You can incorporate it not only in your barbecue, but in the regular uh, cooking, your daily regular cooking, uh, whether it be outside or at the stove or in the oven. This is some great stuff. They got the butter flavor, the chipotle flavor, the steakhouse flavor. Bunch of different options for you to try out. You're going to want to do it. Don't worry about breaking the bank when it comes to the shipping either. At $55, items ship for $8.50 between $55 and $209.75 and anything over 200 
items totaling up to 200 ship for free so as i say it each and every week go ahead go ahead and get 200 dollars and one cent worth of stuff and save on the ship from dave himself the grilling oils are the best hidden secret for great cooks on top of the charts that's right as i had mentioned no refrigeration needed shelf stable stuff man it's great you're gonna love it you can just keep it right out use it all the damn time butcherbbq.com that's butcherbbq.com butcher barbecue always trust your butcher Dave, watch for my order tomorrow. I'm not kidding. All right, stick around. Be right back. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right. Welcome back to the show. This portion of the Barbecue Central show is being brought to you by iGrill, makers of the most advanced Bluetooth grilling thermometers to monitor the temperature of whatever it is you're grilling from up to 150 feet away using iOS or Android devices. Use promo code CENTRAL, C-E-N-T-R-A-L, CENTRAL, for 15% off your purchase at I, the letter I, Devices, Inc., I-N-C, iDevicesInc.com. Grill with precision with iGrill. That's 15% off with promo code CENTRAL. All right, last month we made a go at it. Uh, We call it the, what the hell did we, I don't even know. I'm still working on like a really great name. I'm still working to see if actually we're going to be doing it again next month. Who knows? I don't know. I do know this. Jack Weibor may or may not be on the call right now, but I do know we have Josh Pruitt and Todd Spickler on the phone. And, gents, I bid you a good evening. Thanks so much for uh, joining me here tonight. And uh, so, you know, I'll tell you what. Hold on one second. Let me review what my notes say here. Some people on the call are unable to see the group. Jack, are you there, man? I am here. Are you there? Uh, yeah. Do you have your... Uh, oh. The, according to my note here from Skype, you might you might need to update your Skype so everybody can see. That's all right. We want to see your voice. We don't want to see your face. Hello. I'm kidding. Yeah, that's, that's not a very good thing. I'm kidding. Yeah. Does Is your camera thing uh, X'd out at the bottom? No. No? You see it there? All right. Yeah, well, we got an issue there, but that's all right. Nevertheless, uh, so here's what we're going to do tonight, gents. We have Jack Weibor, by the way. So let's do this. Jack, uh, you start yourself real quick and uh, just a very brief background about your uh, barbecuedness. I'm uh, Jack Weibor. I live in Charleston, South Carolina, and uh, I bang barbecue for a living. Josh, what are you up to? I'm here in Hartsville, Alabama. I'm hoping to bang barbecue for a living one day. Uh, we're just a new uh, pro comp team. Uh, trying to make a way with the big guys. And uh, Todd, what are you up to? Hey, Greg. Appreciate you having us on the show this evening. Um, yeah, we're just kind of like uh, kind of like Josh. We're just a, a third-year uh, competition team, and um, hey, we're just anxious to talk about barbecue. All right, so here's what we're going to do, guys, and let me explain this for the listeners and the people that might be uh, bumping in on the stream. Obviously, you guys are uh, well-versed on what we're getting into. 
This is a monthly segment. Uh, I'm looking for three panel members. Todd, Jack, and uh, uh, Josh graciously volunteered their time tonight. And I said, here, here's what you need. Uh, Skype video. So if you're looking to do this uh, potentially later on down the road, got to have Skype video. And cool. you also need to have a topic about barbecue or grilling. Now, it doesn't have to be anything about competition. It doesn't have to be about uh, you know, whatever, as long as it has to do with the industry. You could be banging on gaskets that go around fire doors for all I care. Uh, but have a take and then give it to us with passion and conviction. And then we'll go around the table and everybody else can react to it and, and we'll go from there. So went pretty well last month, so that's why we're trying it again this month. So without further ado, Todd, uh, go ahead, please. Well, Greg, when we talked about this um, yesterday, I had a couple things going through my head and uh, totally went 180. And I've got something else that I'm going to kind of throw out there tonight. And this is in regards to competition. Um, my previous topic was not going to be about competition. All right. But um, uh, we're in the Mid-Atlantic Barbecue Association here in Maryland. Um, so we're up against uh, a lot of great teams from right here in Maryland, uh, Delaware, Virginia, Pennsylvania, so forth. Um, a contest from a great organizer. Uh, her name is Sandy Fulton. Um, I want to put that out there first and foremost. Fantastic organizer. Uh, I've had the privilege of competing in her contest before. And um, they are first rate, uh, bar none. So this is nothing on her. Uh, the promoter um, from the venue that the contest was supposed to be at this weekend um, guys, we're rolling out Thursday, so here we are Tuesday. Um, they canceled the contest, and to my knowledge, um, it was just today, earlier today, that they found out about this. So we we weren't signed up for this particular competition. We have one this weekend, but we're up in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, um, so it didn't affect us, but I'm kind of throwing it out there. Uh, for some of our friends and, and you know, uh, teams that we compete against week in, week out, uh, those guys are sort of hung out to dry. Um, I guess my question is for Jack, Josh, don't know if you guys have had this happen to you. Yeah, the uh, well, whoever uh, collected the entry fee from the cookers is the one responsible for turning it back in again. The um, promoter, even though he was the one that uh, – that canceled it. Uh, he probably doesn't have the he probably doesn't have the cash in hand to be able to turn it back over, unless he had some uh, sponsorships. Uh, really, uh, the only remedy you have is uh, civil court, um, and if that does, you know that that should work out. I wouldn't see why it wouldn't. I've never heard of a of a contest canceling and not refunding fees. Right. Okay. So the the entry fee, if if they are upstanding enough and get the entry fees back to the competitors, that's one thing. Um, but you know, there's been a lot of preparation, a lot of um, meats that were bought. Um, you know, things made up, and uh, you know, I mean, you know, the preparation for a contest, brines, injections, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, so. I know that they're not going to come come back to each individual competitor and try and make it right, but I just wow. I didn't know if that had happened to anybody else before or not. So apparently, it's not a very common 
common thing. Yeah, Todd, let me uh, speak here just for one second, and then Josh, I'll get your take on it. I mean, as far as the, the items that you had just mentioned, I think you got to either save what you can or, or if you can refreeze or restore or, or whatever, uh, save what you can for the next contest. But I think to, to think that you're going to get any restitution on that, uh, you know, that uh, that's more than a long shot that's going to have to get chalked up to a loss, and, and that's going to be it. Josh, what do you think? Uh, I mean, I would have lost my mind, you know, if you fork out <laughs> 200 bucks for a brisket, 300 bucks for a compact from, you know, you're using caribou to pork or something like that. Plus you're, you know, like me, I work a day job every day, so I have to put in vacation ahead of time. And, you know, something else I could have done with it. Uh, I mean, I, I would have lost my mind, you know, I think this will, I think this will speak poorly for their event next year. I would, I would seriously, I wouldn't go. There's no way. Absolutely no way. Jack, your uh, your topic tonight. You know, I've been uh, doing a lot of barbecue demoing around the Charleston area lately. And uh, I've been working with a company that does outdoor kitchens. and They do big outdoor kitchens. And, and there's a, a gas component and a charcoal component that can drop into an into a outdoor kitchen. And this kind of works in with the comp guys as well. I've been getting a lot of slack, a lot of slack about the uh, um, gas versus charcoal um, question that goes on. It seems like it's been around eternally. So um, I kind of want to put it out there. Um, It really doesn't make any difference whether, especially the grilling space where I'm working these days, um, whether you're using charcoal or gas as long as you're cooking as long as you're staying out there and and doing what you're doing and creating delicious food it really doesn't make any difference whether you do it on charcoal or gas now i know that's going to strike a chord with all those purists out there and you know greg i've been a purist myself for a lot of years i i I promote and preach purity in the in the barbecue world but you know i'm really thinking that uh, uh um we're losing touch we're losing touch we need to slow down a little bit and we need to cook great food, get back in touch with our families, and get on the patios, especially, and just cook some great food. Josh, your thoughts? Um, you know, I feel the exact same way. Uh, I, when I started grilling, I was 12 years old on a gas grill, you know, and, and that's just kind of how I cut my teeth. And finally, I went on to a kettle grill and ended up cooking on a on three 50-gallon drums welded together by our shop teacher in high school. Um uh, I know a lot of people probably the same way. You know, you just kind of have to cook with what you've got, and if, if that's all you've got, um, if you're making, like Aki said, if you're making good food, just do it. Todd, your take. Yeah, I. when Jack's talking about the gas grill thing, I the first thing that comes to that, that old uh, slogan, you know, cooking on gas is like kissing your sister. But, um, <laughs> you know, I like cooking. Um inside outside and you know different methods now of course if you know if you're at a competition or whatever that's different gas goes out the window but um yeah i mean i'm up for all kinds of cooking i I don't think it matters i think there's some things where um a gas grill is probably more effective than maybe a kettle charcoal grill or something like that um there's just so many so many different methods to cook out there uh, one in particular that I haven't delved into yet, but it kind of interests me, um, is sous vide cooking. Um, that that really, you know, I saw a little piece on a show the other day um, where they they cook it, you know, a sous vide method, and then 
um, they'll finish it on the grill. And actually the show that I think I saw, they finished it on a gas grill, uh, came out fantastic, you know, looked great. So yeah, I'm, I'm with Jack. That's good. Yeah. Jack, I think you're going to get three, uh, three supports here. I mean, to me, what you are talking about and I'm taking it maybe to a, to a high level here is snobbery, right? You have, you call it purist. I call it snobbery. By the way, Todd, is there something wrong with kissing your sister? I'm kidding. Um, of course there is. That's ridiculous. We're from down here around West Virginia, so I hear it goes on down here. <laughs> yeah, I, I, absolutely. Uh, so I, I, I like to talk a little bit about snobbery, and it never really used to exist uh, this much or at least be seen and heard about this much to the point where at certain extents I would liken – Barbecue and grilling to be what the wine world has become stuffed shirts and people looking down their noses at other folks because they use a gas grill or maybe they don't use a gas grill and that's what they like. And to Jack's point, if whatever you have, master your implement, learn to cook good food, and really that's the bottom line. Forget the snobbery because once snobbery is involved, now people are going to be looking to get away or perhaps the industry is going to be getting a bad name and. Uh, the, the popularity and the growth of it will start to stymie, and certainly uh, we don't need that. So uh, thanks, Jack, for your topic there. Josh, your topic tonight. Uh, my topic's mainly on briskets, um, for, for comps mainly, but, um, you know, everybody's going with a Wagyu, and I'm, I'm one of them. Um, and I was talking to a couple of backyard guys at uh, Riverfest in Decatur a couple of weeks ago, and, you know, the, their main complaint about why they stayed in – backyard comp was because of the, the price of the meat that they would have to get to even you know possibly get a call and i tried to tell them if you know how to cook the meat and you can season it right you can get a call with a with a choice brisket you know but you know it's just a lot of pressure and i, I think i think if, if you can cook you can use whatever quality meat you want to now the wagyu you are going to have an advantage i mean you know my truck outside is probably not going to beat a ferrari unless he crashes <laughs> you know, that, you know, that's just my take on it. Jack thoughts on the Wagyu stuff. Well, I'll tell you, Greg, I've been cooking barbecue for a long time. And when I first got into it, it was all about taking cheap cuts of meat and making something great out of it. Not taking, uh, you know, a $150 piece of meat and making something just okay. And I really think that's a, a lot of what's really going on. You can throw, a, you can throw a Wagyu brisket on a grill, grill it hot and fast and make it a, a pretty darn competitive piece of meat. Is that really what cooking brisket is all about? Is, is that really what we're doing? Are we taking that cheap old cut of beef that comes off of that chest that's been worked and worked and worked and, and working the barbecue magic to it and making it succulent and delicious? Or are we just going ahead and buying the best, the, the, the highest quality things that we can buy and therefore taking advantage of the situation uh, and making it more about uh, how it tastes? And, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not pro Wagyu, as, as you can probably tell. I'm pro cheap meat, great out of it, and really testing a pit master's skill. You know, as far as my take on this, uh, I've made no bones about it. I'm not a competition guy. Let me tell you something. This is exactly a reason why I'm not a competition guy. If I'm going to be spending $600 or $700 over the course of the weekend, it's not going to be because you know a fifth of that or a sixth of that is going to beef. 
I'm going to have a party at my house. There's going to be kegs. There's going to be cheap meat. I'm going to cook it great. And there might be a blackout because I've drank too much. And I'm going to have money left over, and it's going to be a great party. But that's just me because I don't need the competition side of things. But saying that, the Wagyu, and it leads to a point that I had made earlier in the day, the Compart stuff, the free-range chickens, competition barbecue is becoming so expensive and so specialized that you really have to decide where your uh, extra money is going to be allotted. If you can afford that and that's something you want to do, I think at this point uh, people feel the need that they have to make those expenditures to do well. And to Jack's point, I think if you can cook it right, uh, and to, to Josh's point, if you can cook it right and you know how to cook it right, you don't need to necessarily have the Wagyu stuff. But that's a, that's going to be a, a point that people are going to argue for a while now. What's your take on that, Todd? I kind of agree with both sides. Um, kind of agree with Jack because, you know, when you're talking about competition barbecue, you know, taste taste is the bigger part of the score. So you can take a choice or a prime, you know, piece of uh, brisket and flavor it just the same as the Wagyu. The Wagyu only comes into play as far as tenderness goes. And, um, of course, the flavor is affected somewhat, I guess, by, you know, the, the, the fat content in it. But um, I think more so, you know, the tenderness and, and what Josh was saying, I mean, we do the same thing, you know, up until a year and a half or two years ago, we were not cooking the Wagyu briskets. Um, but plain and simple, we just found that we couldn't place high enough. Uh, we couldn't get calls with it. And that, you know, that's probably just my ineptness of being experienced enough to take a really cheap piece of meat and make it really great. But I find with the Wagyu's that, you know, we can, uh, you know, we can get a lot of top 10 calls and brisket and, um, you know, we're trying to tweak it a little bit and move it up. But I think if you're just going old school, uh, cooking on the back patio and you want to do a brisket, you know, 10, 12, 14 hours, I would pick up, you know, I would pick up something from your big box store or whatever, cook that. If I'm going to a competition, I'm probably going to take a Wagyu. Jack, did you have a, a rebuttal on any of that? I just think that, uh, you know, we, we're really, really getting out of touch in competition barbecue, Greg. I agree with you 100%. Uh, if I'm going to spend, and I, I don't do the, I don't do KCBS contests anymore, strictly because it's just become a, uh, it's a, it's a heavy snob thing, man. I don't have that kind of money to be able to, I, you know what? It's not that I don't have the money. I really don't, there's really not a whole lot of a, a skill involved in taking those incredibly well-grown fatty pieces of meat and turning them into judges and making them great. There's real skill, real skill in taking a select brisket and making it something great. And I just think that, uh, you know, the, the KCBS has taken really the fun and the skill out of making great barbecue. Todd Spickler, Josh Pruitt, Jack Weybor are my three panel members this evening, and I think we've covered a, a large amount of topics in a short period of time. Gentlemen, really appreciate the time tonight. Thanks so much for coming up. Thank you, Greg. Thanks, Greg. You got it. There they are. Josh Pruitt, Jack Weybor, and Todd Spickler joining me here on the show. So uh, well, I'm way behind, so I'll save my uh, take for next month. Trust me, it was going to be awesome. My take was going to be awesome.
I would love to get some reaction in the chat room on the continuance of, as Patrick Paquette said, designer meat. Have judges become used to or trained now to know the taste of Wagyu beef? Have they had it so much at competitions now that when they taste something that isn't, somehow it runs amok in their mouth? I don't know. Time will tell. Let me talk to you quickly about the Barbecue Guru. Folks, if you've been looking at automatic pit temperature control devices, stop here. This is the company that started it all. If you're not familiar with how they work, uh, I'm not going to give them the minutia, but imagine a product that allows you to set your pit temperature and once set, keeps it running at that temperature all the way through the cook. Sound too good to be true? It's not. It's real life. You can take advantage of this technology today. Because, hey, maybe you're a busy working professional. Perhaps you are constantly on the run with kids. You're doing errands. Quite frankly, you don't have that time to set around, tend pits. I get it, man. The guru allows you to throw on a pork butt, a brisket, a couple slabs of ribs, or all of that. You're off to do whatever it is you need to get done, and the guru maintains that pit temperature you set it at. number of different models to choose from. You got the CyberQ Wi-Fi. It's great. It's popular. It's huge on the competition scene. You have the Party Q. You have the DigiQ DX2. What isn't available at the Barbecue Guru right now? You got the Onyx Oven. That seamlessly works with all of the Guru temperature control devices. Do yourself a flavor. Head on over to thebbqguru.com and check out their products. If you have any questions about what to order, call them directly, 800-88-GURU. They'll make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. Again, the number, 800-288-GURU. Or visit thebbqguru.com on the interwebs. The Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. Woof. All right, let's regain. we got an open segment coming in, so if you want to jump in, let your feelings be heard. Maybe you have something to react to this past segment. Do it. 216-220-0966. You can email as well, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Stick around. We'll be right back. Seven seven four four eight zero four three three to get on the air. Now here's your host, Greg Rampy. Welcome back, 216-220-0966, Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Lots of reaction weighing in now here in the chat room. Thanks again to Josh Pruitt, Todd Spickler, and Jack Weybor. By the way, for those that don't know, Jack Weybor, Carolinian legend. 
Legend. I mean, he's won a lot. He's taught a lot. He's got the... Uh, I don't know if he still does it, but he has that great TV show on uh, OutdoorCookingChannel.com. Uh, it might be like great TV uh, as well. So if you don't know the the history, the accomplishments of one Jack Weibor, shame on you. I mean, he is a legend. And he's been around this show since the beginning, since the podcast days. Uh, since Actually, Jack has been around since when I had the barbecue forum. The uh, the barbecue for you forum, which uh, had has been sold a number of years back. So I mean, he's been around this show for years and years and years. All right, so we're uh, we we are open now two one six two two zero zero nine six six or Greg at the BBQ Central Show dot com. One of the things that I wanted to follow up with, and as luck would have it. I did get an email. You would recall last week, I think I led the second hour, maybe it was even the first hour, going over a story that had broke from the previous weekend down in Danville, Kentucky, where a man was arrested and subsequently thrown in jail for launching a brisket and hitting a lady, a bystander, as it were. And it was very attractive and sexy and making all of the Google alert barbecue news and seeing it everywhere on Facebook and on the uh, Twitter and all of this stuff. And I thought for sure when I was talking to my embedded sources that were very close down there that this thing was going to die out by... You know, Wednesday, Thursday at the latest. Thursday at the absolute latest. Well, guess what? Joke's on me. I think Thursday night or Friday night, Jimmy Fallon talked Jimmy Fallon talked about it in his monologue. Didn't use names, didn't really say where it was, but said something about hitting a lady with a hot piece of beef in the face. Then he just died laughing. I mean, it was hilarious. I don't know if you saw it. But this thing has made it through a whole week into a whole nother news cycle, if you can believe it. So I went ahead and reconnected or tried to, to re-contact, I guess, with uh, Mike Owings. Mike Owings is the guy, if you've read the story, that was... Dropped into the Hooskow and is kind of the, the center of attention here and said, hey, you know, weeks passed. It looks at this point, at least feels like it might be dying down. Can you come on the show? Give your side of the story here. Give us the, the details of exactly what happened. And we can be done with it. You've, you've addressed it. Because that's what people want, right? They want people to come on and, you know, right or wrong. Own it. Don't skirt around it. You know, come on, tell us exactly what happened. You know, kind of own the mistake, which from all accounts, Mike is doing. So I don't necessarily think that he's trying to sidestep anything in that regard. But I did get an email from him, which read, Hey, Greg, appreciate the offer to speak on the to the barbecue community tonight. But on advice of my legal counsel, I cannot speak about the brisket issue. I hope to be able to, I'm sorry, I hope to be able to take you up on the offer after the legal proceedings are over and done with. Best to you. Have another great show. Humbly yours, Mike Owing. So, Mike, uh, thanks for the contact. 
And, you know, when you're able, would love to have you on so we can, you know, recount the events of, uh, you know, a week ago. And see exactly what happened. Way speculation can be left to the speculators and a true story is on record as it happened. But to see that thing go in to another news cycle was absolutely surprising to me. I couldn't believe it. So at least the barbecue has that going for it. The, a story that lasted more than, you know, two or three days. A whole week it went. Wow. Can't believe it. All right. Got a question from a listener here. This is from Roland. Roland. Hi, Greg. I'm a brisket lover. I don't smoke my own, but it's my go-to sandwich whenever and wherever I find it. The clear majority of the sandwiches out there used sliced brisket. But on those rare occasions when I come across sandwiches that use shredded or chopped brisket, I always find them to be much more flavorful and enjoyable than the sliced variety. One restaurant owner told me that the chopped brisket sandwich is known as the Kansas City style, but I haven't found anyone else to confirm that. And I've seen plenty of sliced brisket sandwiches in KC itself. Is there indeed a style name for these, or are they simply called chopped or shredded brisket sandwiches? Also, I'd appreciate any info or others have on the place that serves chopped brisket sandwiches anywhere in the USA. I travel quite a bit. Thanks very much. Look forward to your next show. Roland. Roland, thanks for jumping in. All right, so here's my take on your question, Roland. I have no idea if anyone calls a chopped brisket sandwich or shredded brisket sandwich or, you know, whatever. It's not sliced. So whatever the opposite of sliced is. Like pulled pork, but it's brisket. And I've done it. I have, I've never heard it being called a Kansas City-style sandwich. Honestly, I don't know if I've had many brisket sandwiches. If I'm going to get brisket, I'm expecting, expecting, like what you would see at the Texas barbecue shops or, for instance, some of the Kansas City barbecue shops where you order brisket, it comes in slices, it's on the butcher paper. There maybe is a square of white bread as a butcher paper garnish or something along the lines like that. But not a sandwich, because typically when I think of chopped brisket sandwich, that's something that maybe is also sauced, and I didn't ask for sauce to be on. However, I would agree that a chopped brisket or a shredded brisket sandwich has the potential of being more flavorful. There's a lot more pieces you can go ahead and, you know, mix up all the rubs and spices and all that stuff. Dave Bosca weighing in. The only KC style Sammy would be burnt end sandwiches. Some do that. Yeah, that's right. Shredded brisket is the result of overly tender brisket that can't be sliced. I didn't want to say it, Todd, but you did. First time I ever cooked a brisket on my Weber Smoky Mountain, we were having pulled brisket sandwiches, and they were delicious. So, no, I can't say, Roland, that I've ever heard of Kansas City-style sandwiches, specifically referring to chopped or pulled 
brisket uh, on a bun. But thanks for writing it. I was teasing a flavor enhancer. A spicy flavor enhancer. And now I'm going to share it with you. Now, this is an item that you may or may not be able to find in your local grocery store. I would imagine, because nowadays, grocery stores are off the chain with items that they have available. Uh, I find this in my ethnic section. So you have the Italian, the Mexican, the Japanese, the Chinese, everything in between ease. This is what it's called. It is Sambal Olic. Sambal Olic ground fresh chili paste. You ever seen this? That's funny. It's got a green top, so you can't you can't see the green top. But this stuff is absolutely fantastic. Uh, Sam the cooking guy turned me on to this probably six, seven, eight months ago, maybe even longer than that. Uh, you'll notice that if you're a fan of the Siracha or Sriracha, whatever they call it, you got the, the cock right there. Yeah, I said the cock. That's how you know you're getting the good stuff. Now, I believe they also make a garlic flavor here, but it's a ground fresh chili paste. I don't know if you can see in there or not. But it's kind of chunky and, oh my God, it's so good. And it's got that sriracha smell to it. But you add a couple spoonfuls of this like into mac and cheese or in the spaghetti sauce. I I put it on the top of my uh, grilled uh, chicken tonight because I'm on paleo diet. It's great. I, I, also, I put it in my uh, corn on the cob, and the heat is not an overly, you know, like chili, ground chili taste per se. But if you can find uh, Sambal Olic, and it would be located right next to the Sriracha, depending on where you get it, you might be happy. You might be very happy that you pick it up. So, this has been my, um, I just got, I don't know if you can see the level right there, but I just got this three days ago. So I go through it quite a bit. I can find a use for it in everything. If you want to kick up the heat level on whatever you're cooking, that's pretty much what you want. And unsolicited from the uh, Hai Fung Foods Company out of uh, Irwindale, California, by the way. So Sambal. If you want me to uh, send you a picture of it through the emails, uh, just go ahead and shoot me an email. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. And I will... Get you more information on that. But if you like this free racha, I think Sambal is something that you're going to be even more excited about as time wears on. Folks, I'm going to talk to you about what's on my hat. Suckle Busters, award-winning barbecue rubs, barbecue sauces, chili kits, and Texas gunpowder. Pow, pow. Preferred by competition barbecue cooks, Texas-based, 100% made in the USA. Products have won hundreds of industry awards, including two first place, two years in a row at the American Royal Barbecue Sauce Contest. 
New to Suckle Busters, the honey barbecue glaze and finishing sauce. We've been talking about it for months now, uh, for months now here on the show. Based on Suckle Busters award-winning honey barbecue sauce. That's what this honey barbecue glaze and finishing sauce is. This is a thin barbecue glaze and finishing sauce made especially for competition ribs and chicken. Super sweet. It's super red. It's not spicy, but it is super red. They use a special American paprika for bright color. Brush it on the last 5 to 10 minutes of cooking. It leaves a glossy red sheen on the meat and adds an extra layer of sweet flavor. Take those competition ribs and chicken to a whole nother level. Or those backyard ribs and chicken to a whole nother level. If you want a trial bottle of this for free, shoot me an email. And in the subject line, put free. F-R-E-E. Because rule number three of the show, if it's free, it's me. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com in the subject line, put free. And you can win a free bottle of Suckle Busters Honey Barbecue Glaze and Finishing Sauce. If you want to check them out for yourself, sucklebusters.com, 972-393-9509. You can also email sales, plural, sales at sucklebusters.com. Suckle Busters, the best in Texas. Bring your stuff to a whole nother level, as they say. Again, the email, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. And in the subject line, free. Hopefully we'll get a winner coming up out of the break. Uh, Stick around. We will be right back. Live from Cleveland, Ohio, it's the Barbecue Central Show. Let's try that again. Stick around. We'll be right back. Live from Cleveland, Ohio, it's the Barbecue Central Show. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. Welcome back. 216-220-0966. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. We do have a winner. And the winner is... And forgive me if I mispronounce your name because as someone who is only all too keenly aware of that damn letter E at the end of a name, And the thoughts and the struggles that go on in a head going, do I say the E? Do I not say the E? Is it a hard E? Is it a silent E? These are the things that go on in my head. 
Nevertheless, winning the bottle of Sucklebuster sauce and my attempt, Todd Wernick. E. Wernicky. I said that right. I said it right. Yeah, Wernicky. God, I'm so good. Todd beat me to the punch. You're awfully assumptive there, young Todd. Could have been anybody with a letter E at the end of the name. Could have been Ray Lampy, right? You're right, Matt. Todd is a cheater. Uh, Todd, go ahead and shoot me your shipping info. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. And I will go ahead and send that on over to Dan Arnold over at Sucklebusters. And he will get you all set up. The only thing that I ask is once you get it and you try it, just shoot me an email back and let me know what you think of it. I'm always interested to hear what people think of free stuff once they get it. You didn't spend any money for it, so at least do me the favor and put the palette to use. Mark Bergmeier, always pronounce the E, Rempy. Or as everybody used to say in high school, oh, like Ren and Stimpy. No, not like that. Like Rempy. Stimpy. Other than my name would be Rempus Stimpy than if it was like that. But it's not. Hurry up. Let's get the hell out of here. That's what the maid said. All the way back in the first hour, we talked with George Shore from Pitmaker. Pitmaker.com. Check them out. Interesting design on the offsets. Love it. Vault style selling over 10 to 1, as he had mentioned earlier. In the third interview segment we talked with steve grams a little bit about that san antonio contest coming up about the event that he has going on tomorrow night with the texas pitmasters that sounds like fun it's sold out so you have to wait until next year too bad for you lame in the second hour we had the barbecue round table josh pruitt todd spickler jack waybor thank you gents for joining me had fun there and then we just chatted it up here as we closed out the show. Don't forget the podcast will be up in about 55 minutes from now. It'll be great. You can go back and listen to your favorite parts, mostly of uh, which will probably be me talking. That's what I do. No update. No update yet on getting this show down on terrestrial radio in Atlanta. But it's still in the mix. So as show updates come along i am more than happy to go ahead and pass them along to you uh, september 11th 2001 i will never forget until next tuesday at 9 p.m eastern standard time this is your program host and proud u.s american greg rampy good night now